Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. We're going to do something a little different today, but let me start with why we started the podcast. My mission in life is to use my abilities and resources to help bring others to God. The journey began in 2020 when our church consistently devoted time and effort to broadcast Brother Larry Dishman's uplifting messages on the radio. Spotting an opportunity to use my technical ability, the messages were soon adapted to podcast format. This way, after the radio broadcast, the inspiring message found a home here on Living the Good Life podcast, accessible for endless replays into the future. I really didn't have any intention of creating other podcast episodes other than Brother Dishman's messages until I was out with a group visiting a senior saint who was no longer able to come out to church. I realized that these visitations revealed valuable wisdom and experiences that were a big help to me and could be to a lot of other people. That's when we thought, why not interview and share the wisdom that these saints have with the world? And this perfectly aligns with the podcast vision, which is to bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. So enjoy these words of wisdom. Today we have with us Brother Bill Miller. He's going to be sharing some of his wisdom with us. He was actually my Sunday school teacher around age 9 or 10. He's well known for his all of his great stories. So we're excited to uh, go through this today and have him share some of his wisdom with us. So tell us, you can start out and just tell us what it was like as a child and growing up. And we'll just let you kind of go how you want to take this. Okay. Well, I was born in 1930. There was a depression, but also the smallpox epidemic was along. My mother had smallpox when I was born, so I had smallpox. I was born with smallpox. And I was pretty bad shape, <laughs> I guess, when I was born. My grandmother, McKnight, she started crying. She seen me. Because I'm just a bag of bones. And the doctor said, ah, he'll be all right. He just needs filling out. And so I, uh, they needed a, an incubator, which they didn't have. So they made one. They put me in a basket and set me on the oven door. So I guess I'm half-baked. <laughs> so that's what my, my, uh, my mother, she was... Or she was, my mother and dad were older. They were in their 40s okay. when I was born. I was, dad called us his second generation. Yeah. He had four younger, four older ones and then four younger ones. Okay. So my sister was, uh, she went to Church of God back when, uh, before even brother uh, brother Alan Wilson was here, she was when that con she was in the congregation before he was there. Now, did your mom and dad go to church anywhere when you were born? Or? They they didn't go regularly. No. Okay. No, they had been uh, they had been with the Church of God. My my grandpa, my my grandpa, my uncle was a, a Church of God minister. Okay. Ever since. Everett McKnight, and uh, they had been to Springfield camp meeting and 
places, different places. But they had nothing to do with the Church of God for a while. That's, I'll lead up to that. We was, I was, uh, <clears throat> we went to Sunday school. My sister took me some, and then we started walking. My brother, Dale, and I, and some of the neighbor boys, um, Bill Weekly and the Bradford boys, three Bradford boys, we walked to Sunday we walked to Sunday school every week, all kind of weather to make a difference. We went to Sunday school. And I had some good teachers, I remember. Myrtle Leak was my teacher, and Walter Thompson, uh, Howard Pryor, and Homer Ritchie, some of them. And the old church building was quite different. <laughs> we see all the, all the facilities we have today, I thought, wow, I remember that old church building, the original church was just a crawl space. The basement was a crawl space. So they dug it out, brothers dug it out, and they left the, the, the dirt wall Wow. and whitewashed it. Yeah. The dirt wall was there, whitewashed, and this, the ceiling was low, and they divided Sunday school rooms by a curtains. They hung on wires and had curtains, and that's how the Sunday school rooms was divided. Huh. Now, was that what? Where was that building at? That was 76 North Sixth Street. That was not on the corner. It was there was a big house on the corner, and we was next to it. And in 1948, uh, I think it was, we started a, we needed a, more room, so we, we were going to build. So we bought the old houses on the corner and tore it down and built on to it. That was quite a project. Oh, yeah. In 1949. I can remember it quite well because I remember we, my brother, uh, Kenny Wright, and a bunch of us, was, he was cleaning up the foundation stone. The foundation of the house was, was a big stone foundation. And he picked one up to throw in the truck, and I picked one up to throw in the truck at the same time, and that thumb come between the two. Uh, oh. And it popped the nail completely off. It was just hanging. And I had to hold on to it like this. And Brother Alan Wilson was there. Emerson said, just give it a jerk, Dad. He just jerked the nail off. <laughs> Sister Elsie Wilkins come by. She was a nurse. And she took me and bandaged it up for me. Wow. So I remember that quite well. So you said you were the, how many, how many of you kids were there? Well, my brother Dale and, and my sister Betty, we lived at home. But my, there was, there was eight of us a tall total. Okay. There was four older ones. Gotcha. They was 20 some years old when I was just a little, a baby. Uh-huh. So we, uh. 
we went to Sunday school, and but uh, I kind of lost out. When I became a teenager, I kind of lost out. I quit going, and so one week they would have a revival, and mom, my sister said, "I'm going to go to the revival." Mom said, "I'll go." My sister Betty said, "I'll go." So I, I went too, and brother. There's a brother from um, Bridgeport, Ohio, Brother Barry was preaching, and he preached the message, and here come Alan Wilson down the aisle. He come down the aisle and started talking to my sister, Ollie, and because uh, she had quit going to church, and next thing you know, she went. She went to the altar, and there goes my mother and my sister. So I thought, I better go too. <laughs> so I went down the altar, and it took me a little while. I, I was looking for a, I was looking for that great experience, you know. That, right. That, that, uh, but I didn't take it by faith, and thank God I did. That was in 1947. Yeah. And about how old were you? I was 17 years old okay. at that time. And I've been going to church ever since. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so let, me, let me just ask you real quick. So like, you know, if there's a, there's, you know, youth listening to this, you know, what, what advice or what, what would you have for them? about living for God while you're young? Serve God and keep His commandments. Yeah. That's the best thing I can say. Yeah. Because, yeah, life, you know, it, it has its ups and downs, but with God, you can, can carry it, can, can carry on. Life is good. It was, um, of course, the um, it was during this time that the war broke out. I can remember that very clearly. That Sunday, there, December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Wow. I can remember that. I didn't know what was going on. I, <laughs> all the adults was gathered around the the old radio. Didn't have much volume. So they always gathered around with their head in the in the radio. Uh, I couldn't figure out what was going on, and I found out it was the war. The Japanese had bombed Pearl Harbor, and that really changed things around. We had seen the different things we had to do for the, for the war effort. We our food was rationed. Our meat was rationed, all the food was rationed, and you couldn't get a lot of things like sugar. The people smoked cigarettes, and they was they couldn't find that, and and women's hose. Yeah, that's something. It's uh, kind of funny. Women's hose. So you know what the women did? They painted their legs. Yeah. 
<laughs> my sister was, of course, she was, she was in high school. Just grad, she graduated in 1942. So she, yeah, I used to, <laughs> I used to help her because back then hose, hose had a seam in the back. So they had to, they had to take an eyeliner and put a seam down the back of the leg. <laughs> so I helped my sister with that. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. But uh, a lot of things, the war, war changed our life around a lot. We had, uh, they took all the, the, uh, the railroad, uh, well, the old trolley tracks. They dug all the trolley tracks up and used made used them for scrap iron wow. to make. And of course, all the factories converted to war effort, right. making different things. And we had, like I said, a shortage of a lot of stuff. We even had. We even had, we even had air raids. It's hard to imagine, but we had air raids. We 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 had to call blackouts. They would they would sound the air raid siren, and you had to turn off all your lights. They turned off the, the street lights. They turned off all the lights. Everything was pitch dark. Wow. They had. They Sounds had, scary. They had wardens. Neighborhood wardens would go around, and if you didn't have your lights off or your curtains pulled so that you couldn't see it, they would knock on your door, make you turn your lights off. About how old were you at that time? I was about 15. Okay. 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. So you got saved when you were 17. 17. Uh, was there any chance of you being drafted or? No, I. There was some. Uh, some of the boys, <laughs> they lied about their age, and joined the army yeah. in different different fields. Some lied about their age, and I know I heard one guy said he he was 17 years old. He was over on walking up and down a. An island over in the Pacific, guarding an island, seventeen years old. Wow. So, uh, tell us about your. So, like, you get saved at seventeen. How are how are things from there? Tell us tell us a little bit about that. Well, I I served served the Lord the best of my ability. We had an old, like I say, the old church building was it was small. We had a choir. Choir loft. I only had probably about 20 seats in it or something like that. Brother, <coughs> Brother Wright was our song leader. Him and his sister Frances Wilson were, they led the choir. And uh, Were you in the choir? Yeah, I was in the choir. It was, it was a good experience. I served the Lord, and we, uh, as young people, 
we spent a lot of time. Brother Richie had a restaurant. It's, it was down right now. It's where the uh, county building parking lot is. That's where his restaurant was located. And we we would go down there a lot. Spend time. <laughs> and I uh, I kind of liked this one girl. And so I called her one night. And she told me something that she wasn't going to be here. She couldn't see me and that stuff. And I had a feeling she's putting me off. So I went to, well, I'll go down to Richie's restaurant to see if that's because usually where she ends up. So I went down there, but I didn't find her. But I found her sister. Her sister was looking for her too. Her sister had bought a new coat. <laughs> when she come home from work, her coat was missing, <laughs> and she knew where it was. Her sister had had it on, so we sat and talked a little bit, and I walked her home, and I walked. And we walked together for sixty-four years after that. Oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's a good, good life. Yeah. So when did what year did you get married then? Nineteen fifty. How old were you at that point? I was 20 years old. Okay. In fact, it was my 20th birthday. Nice. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good idea right there. You yeah, never forget I your anniversary. I didn't forget my anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. Okay. So, uh, so from there, uh, what, what was your, tell us about your career path, um, you know, getting into work and that type of thing. Well, I worked. Different. My first job I ever had was worked at Licking Laundry. I started out when I was 16 years old. I worked there several years, part-time, and then I went to work in full-time there. It got a little rough, to, especially when I went to work in, I worked in the, I went to work in the uh, washroom. It was pretty Pretty, pretty hard job, and uh, I finally I, I couldn't handle that, so they put me to work in the office. I worked in the office for a while, and then while I was there working in the office, I got a telephone call from some people, and it was the principal at the high school, uh, assistant principal, and her husband. He wanted to give me a job in Western Products, which was quite an increase in pay. From that's so how I went there to work there, and I worked there for a little while. Made pretty minimum wages. It was during that time that I got married. I think I was making a dollar fifteen an hour, and I uh, so we we had a. Signed a paper there, something to put around. We wanted wanted to raise there, and how it worked in the shipping department and receiving department. They about the same, so we 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 signed a paper. We wanted to raise. Well, they come explained to us that they could. It was impossible because they had a wage stabilization board back then, and they had already given us a raise and a bunch of stuff. So. Uh, is anybody got anything to say? I said, well, 
In other words, it sounded to me like if I'm going to make any more, more money, I'm going to have to leave this place and go somewhere else. <laughs> and the guy said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I did. I went to Owens, Owens Corning, worked there for, for a little while, but not quite a year. And that's when Timken Detroit Axle started up, which is Rockwell, ended up Rockwell. And I went to work there. And that's quite a difference. I was making a dollar ninety nine an hour. I was, I was upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then, then I got laid off. Went back to work at Owens Corning. I worked there four nights. I got called at the gas company. And I thought, I'll take that job. Yeah. Less money. Ninety-two fifty every two weeks, so you do the math. That's dollar fifteen an hour or something like that. But I could, I wouldn't miss church. I could my Sunday school class, and I so I took that job. And I spent thirty-five years there. Oh, great! So, so you mentioned your Sunday school class. When did you start teaching Sunday school? Nineteen fifty-two. Okay. I started. Sister Beatrice McKnight called me and asked me if I'd be a Sunday school teacher. And I, I worked in various different places. <laughs> we had a, we built on the old church barn downtown, you know, remodeled it. We had a real nice basement there with Sunday school rooms, but I wasn't fortunate enough to get one of them. I ended up on the uh, what was the old choir loft with a curtain <laughs> there. I that were had a class there for a while. Then we we expanded and we bought the house next door. We called uh, and uh, we used that for Sunday school room. And I had a class over there. Huh. So. So how many years were you a Sunday school teacher? About 69. 69 years, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you had uh, multiple generations of... Better, I had, <laughs> yeah, I, I was teaching the grandchildren of my original ones. That's great. That, that's that's why you were such a good storyteller by the time I got to you, right? <laughs> yeah. I tried. I, I tried to think what the children thought. I come, I tried to come down to their level. Right. That's good. Because that's good advice. When you, you talk over their head, it didn't do much good. Right. I think we can all learn from that one. So going back to, so you got, you got married, um, and then tell us about raising kids and well, having kids. And... Well, I had two sons. Okay. My own son, Bill, he was born in 51, and Ed was born five years later. And uh, we was janitor for six years. And... Uh, and my sister, B. Wilkins, she always got there early because B. Sister B. was 
she had what they call creeping paralysis. Her hands and her feet, and even affected her voice, was. And she, but she drove a car, and she pulled right up in front of the church building. And my boys would go down, and they would help her out of the car. And they would get her a walker and help her carry her. One of them would carry her purse for her, and they'd help her up the steps. She, she'd climb them steps by the, holding on to the railing, and they would have her walker waiting on her at the top of the steps for her. And she was a good woman. And uh, we, we enjoyed working for the Lord. That was, that's always been my life. I've wanted to work for the Lord. Right. And uh, I guess when I retired, <laughs> the first day I spent in retirement, I was down tearing the roof off of one of the dormitories down over the hill. Uh -huh. Me and John Kemp. And I worked ever since, doing whatever necessary, land gas lines, working on water lines, working on the trumpeter. I worked, helped when Brother Morris was there, I helped Brother Kane printing, Brother Jeff, Brother Wilson, everyone. So what, that's, that's good. So what advice would you have for maybe somebody recently got saved or maybe somebody has been going to church for a while and they, they want to get in and do more for God and get into the work? Like what advice would you have? Well, make yourself available. That's the thing is, you know, you know if you just stand back and watch Get in there and get your, get your, get your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the old saying is, "Don't be afraid of work." Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So you, uh, you said as you worked for God, it was you were you were ready to do whatever was necessary. It wasn't like you were sitting back waiting for the, uh, for the perfect. Uh, mm -hmm opportunity to come no. by. No, I, I had some ups and downs. I, I had something, I had to fight an attitude one time. I was laying a gas line and Brother Carl McKnight had fixed me up with the old wagon. He had put a vice on the wagon and I was using that and with two-inch line, pretty heavy. Sometimes they're 21 foot long, and you had to thread the vamos. And, and uh, I was working one night. I went to look, get my wagon. I said, "Where's the wagon?" I said, "Oh, Brother Wilson's got it down. Him and Tom Lane's got it down over the hill. Down there with a." Dormitory, which is now the print shop now, and they was putting that awning up around the print shop 
what was the, the dormitory, or the, I'm sorry, the cafeteria at that time. And here, they had my wagon. And that made me feel, I said, boy, here I am, I was all by myself. They got my wagon, you know. I had to fight that attitude. I had to get the good Lord to give me graces <laughs> over that. But, but God is good to me. That's good. A lot of, I mean, a lot of times working together, it's not always easy. You have different personalities, and working True. for God, you just you gotta you gotta keep the big picture in mind. What we're yes. all trying to do together. Yes. Okay, so let's. Uh, we kind of we kind of got off uh, when we were talking about raising your two boys. So, um, and having two boys myself that are very different. Uh, yes. <laughs> I can relate. What advice would you have for people raising kids? Well, say what you mean and mean what you say. <laughs> Give them, a, keep them on the straight and narrow the best you can. Right. And so, looking back on your life, is there any like lesson? that really stands out to you that you could share with everyone? I uh, serve God and keep His commandments, I guess, and be the best I can say. That's uh, try to do your best. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, let Jesus do the rest. That's good. That's good advice. So we talked about working for God and raising kids and being married for 64 years. What do you look back on that you really are like just really proud of? Well, I was kind of proud of my work ethics. I, I started out on a crew, a leakage inspector. I ended up a leakage inspector and ended up being a corrosion technician, which I did a little everything while I was at the gas company. I, I, I did a lot of, a lot of paperwork, and uh, I learned learned a lot of lessons at the, at the gas company. Down through time, I had some good bosses. Some not so good, but most, most of them was good. I, God was good to me. And uh, I, my life been good. I, I my wife, my wife was a collector. I blame a lot on on her, <laughs> but I, I was I was a collector too, to a degree. I uh, I learned I learned to do a little carving. And uh, that was story there was Sister Frances Wilson. She was a accomplished carver, and uh, she gave me a piece. It was a an otter to carve. She gave me a blank that, that cut out and instructions, and I started working on that with what. I had to work with, and um, she 
she passed away quite suddenly. In fact, as she was there at God's Acres when she passed away, they were women were making quilts out of scrap material that they got, and uh, they were making quilts and lap robes. They made quilts for the lodging and they made lap robes. And she was working on that when she passed away. And I said something to her sister. I said, boy, I feel bad about not being able to finish that the carving that she gave me. I said, I don't have a good knife. So she said, well, here. She gave me one of Francis's knives to use, which really helped me out. And I learned to do some carving in. And I enjoyed that. I made a lot of, over the years, I made a lot of shoes and animals and stuff. I've been giving hundreds of pairs of shoes away. Uh, a lot of a lot of carving. <laughs> kind of carving. Sunday school boys. Yes, they right? did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact, there's a well, once in a while, meet some one of them. Don't even come to Sunday school, but they'll. One of the first things I, I still got in the carving. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But, but. So is there? Uh, I I know I kind of kind of was all over the place with uh, with what the notes I gave you, but is there anything, any other things you wanted to talk about that? Well. You had some notes on there. Yeah. Course. Go back to when I was younger. Uh, it was during the Depression, and uh, my dad worked for WPA, <laughs> Workers' Progress Administration. Back then, uh, he got a little bit of money, and he had to, he had to get, go out and work on roads. They built a lot of roadside parks. He helped build the uh, park uh, over there off of Waterworks Road there. Uh, that park there and different parks. And then uh, we we didn't have didn't have food stamps back then. They had what they call commodities. And you go down and you get they would you get dried beans, uh, Pork, canned pork, some stuff like that. But we never, we always had something to eat. My mother always was good. But during the, the, um, and I was about five years old, I remember my mother had given me a, a note to go over to tell the neighbor. And she had fell, and she gave, wrote this note, and I had took it over to the neighbor. The neighbor come over. My mother, she lost her sight. She went blind. And the doctor said she had iritis, which was caused by her bad teeth. So they pulled her teeth. And she was kept in a, 
and a bed in a dark room for I don't know how long it was. It seemed like a year to me. It was during that time that I started school and uh, in first grade. Results was I did didn't do too good. Yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I, I I flunked a <laughs> first grade, but that was good. I got a good start then. Next year. So, what what would you say is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I guess again, it'd be the advice I got from the pulpit, <laughs> and I keep thinking about. I was a Boy Scout, and the Boy Scouts, you know, said keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. And that's that's good advice. Yeah, that's some pretty good advice right yeah. there. Yeah. Well, that's good. I really appreciate you taking the time to go over all of this and tell us your life story. It's it's it was good for me and and a lot of people that listen to this. It'll be I'm sure it'll be good for them. So we appreciate it. We appreciate you and everything you've done and all of your service to God and all the work you've done over the years so it's been my pleasure my pleasure indeed thank you for listening if you found this helpful please share this episode with your friends on facebook messenger or your favorite social media if you have questions or suggestions please message us on facebook by searching living the good life show a big thank you to sister rachel fowler for all of her editing expertise Until next time, keep living the good life.